Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Ten European teams have already punched their tickets to the 2022 World Cup in Qatar, and 11 playoff hopefuls will be fighting for the remaining UEFA spots. Kigo Lasso with Jonathan Johnson, Michael Lahoud, LME as we discuss the playoff preview. It all begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kegolasso. Thank you so much for being part of the family. Follow us on Twitter, Kegolasso Pod, youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso, and of course, CBS Sports and your CBS Sports app. It's the international break, but Kegolasso doesn't stop. Today is all about UEFA and those very important playoff games as the remaining teams look to punch their ticket to the World Cup. Jonathan Johnson, how are you, my friend? Yeah, doing well. Thanks. Enjoyed the, the weekend of action and uh, looking forward to picking through these games with you guys. Absolutely. Michael, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Can't wait to talk about the big stage World Cup qualifiers. Absolutely. International break. And this is the final window, at least before any kind of playoff scenarios uh, will be having more of a conclusion ahead of the World Cup draw as well, of course, later on. But Michael, JJ, yours truly will be figuring out everything, including Wales and Austria, then Sweden, Czech Republic. We're going to take a break. And after that, the big ones, of course, Portugal against Turkey, Italy and North Macedonia. Uh, Before we begin, very quickly, just some updates. Uh, By the way, obviously, you know that Scotland against Ukraine uh, postponed until June, obviously due to Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the horrible situation that's going on in Ukraine. Obviously, things are bigger than football. uh, And this uh, scenario, this matchup is postponed until June with the playoff final, by the way, to follow that same month. Russia against Poland, obviously, has been cancelled as uh, the Court of Arbitration of Sports upheld the decision to remove Russia from this scenario, meaning uh, as well that Scotland and Poland will play a friendly on March 24th at Hampden Park. Before we begin there, uh, Jonathan Johnson, I know that you had some notes specifically regarding to the Ukrainian national team and Ukrainian players. Yeah, there's just a couple of things that could develop uh, quite interestingly between now and then. Uh, There's the possibility for the non-Russian players based in Ukraine and Russia to potentially finish their seasons with other clubs in Europe. I know that Ligue 1 and Ligue 2 put out an official announcement saying that they'd be part of that. So that's definitely a a situation to to watch unfolding. And then there's unconfirmed reports as well that Dynamo Kiev, who remain in the UEFA uh, Youth League, uh, could be moving the remainder of their season to Romania, which would allow them to play while the war is ongoing. So keep an eye on those two situations. Michael, any thoughts regarding, of course, the restructuring of things due to obviously the uh, horrific scenario of war, as I mentioned, obviously bigger things in life than, than football, but, you know, uh, I guess, uh, you know, from this regard, UEFA is trying to do everything possible in order to, at the very least, make sure that Ukraine at some point plays this game. I think it's the right move in terms of life being bigger than what happens on a football pitch. The, The really interesting thing, and I think you touched on it on me, in one of our previous episodes is Poland getting an automatic bid to the next round. I think it would have been a better move to grab 
another coefficient team to play Poland just to keep true sporting integrity. But the precedent's been set. Ukraine comes first, and what's happening there is much bigger than playing a football game right now. Yeah, well said, my friend. And thank you for that update, Jonathan Johnson, of course. Now, let's discuss, everybody, the games at hand. And let's begin. And don't worry, we'll get to the big ones. We'll talk about Italy. We'll talk about Portugal. But we have to begin with Gareth Bale's Wales, by the way, as they face Austria. Wales unbeaten in their last 16 home matches. Their last defeat coming against Denmark in November 2018. So they're good at home, of course. And Gareth Bell, even though he missed out on El Clásico, he will be expected to captain the side uh, despite illness, of course, against the aforementioned Clásico that I just mentioned. He's only played 77 minutes of club football since uh, the Real Betis game that was back in August, by the way. And Aaron Ramsey, by the way, as well, scoring his first goal for Rangers on the weekend. So there are a few interesting stories, uh, Jonathan Johnson, as Wales host Austria. How do you see this one? Yeah, well, I'm I'm really curious to see how this one plays out because these two sides, I mean, obviously, I think a lot of our preview chat uh, sort of for these teams in terms of comp- competitive action will be based on what we saw from them last summer in the Euros. Uh, and both of these teams made it out of their groups, uh, but then went out in the match immediately after that. So for me, I, I, I don't know. Austria, one of those teams where I feel they've got enough talent that they should do better than they have done over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, I thought they left it really late uh, in the Euros to, to make it out of the group, whereas I wasn't expecting that much from Wales. So for them to actually make it out uh, and then come up against Denmark, who, you know, sort of regain the form that we expected them to have after the, the Christian Eriksen incident. Uh, you know, I, I was more surprised that they still had it in them. I kind of felt like Wales' golden opportunity passed uh, a couple of years before. So for this one, I'm I'm curious to see who will come out on top because if we're judging by, you know, what we have uh, in front of us on paper, I'd say that I fancy Austria for it. But Austria, what you see lining up on paper and what actually goes out on the pitch, yeah. uh, you know, are often two majorly different things. Yeah, for Austria, I, b- I believe the word is Shiza that usually goes out on the pitch for them in games like this. <laughs> they are not a big game team. They bottle it every time. They have the players on paper. You have Marko Natovic, who has been in form for them, scoring goals in, I believe, in the last two games at least. But it's look at the, the quality of opposition. Against the minnows of Europe, Austria deliver. Against the big boys or even the competitive teams, they just something psychological happens with them and it's when the tension gets really high they falter but this wales team they've been getting it done without gareth bale their talisman their captain in his last game before he went off he had an assist so it's not like this guy cannot play soccer he's doing it at the biggest club in the world although he's doing it on the golf course more than he is on the football field but wales they have an entire country behind them and a team spirit And the move that I love that's been made for them, Aaron Ramsey getting out of Juventus, stop eating pasta, pasta, and going back to the UK to play for Rangers. A Rangers haggis instead, Michael. (laughs) Hey, bring on all the haggis. (laughs) JJ, any comments on that? I mean, how do you see it? Because one of the things that I mentioned at the top, and both of you alluded to as well, obviously Austria's. uh, run against uh, not just big teams, but like Michael said, competitive teams can be an issue. To me, um, Desnar saying the deep fried Mars bars, uh, the Rangers (laughs) diet, of course. Um, To me, it's also about, uh, there's something about international 
that energy and, and the home advantage, right? Do you, do you expect Bale, if fit, to really deliver here? I mean, I think something to bear in mind with Wales is they had that great run uh, a few years ago at the Euros. And yeah. when you forge that kind of team spirit and you still keep some of those key elements, there's always going to be sort of, I think, a strong underlying uh, sense of unity between those players, sort of a, a good, solid baseline of chemistry. Whereas Austria, I don't really think they've ever really had that. And when you're looking at some of their key players, uh, as talented as they are, you know, Arnautovic, he's a wild card. You know, he is a great player on his day, but if he's if, if he's not on it, uh, you know, he can be more of a distraction. I mean, you look at the, the controversy that he got himself embroiled in during the Euros and then arguably their key man, David Alaba, you know, he's more of a defensive presence. It's very difficult for him to sort of stamp his uh, authority, his influence on games, uh, you know, from so far back on the pitch. It's almost like they might need to recast Alaba and make him more key if they want to have, uh, you know, him playing it as important a role as we see him playing, uh, you know, for, for clubs, certainly when he was with uh, Bayern, uh, obviously now with Real Madrid as well. So, you know, for me, I, th I think that Austria should be looking at Wales and thinking, we could have a similar sort of understanding, a similar sort of chemistry. But I also think as well, uh, they persevered for too long under the wrong coach, Austria. Uh, and I think that cost them some vital time in terms of building up that chemistry. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get to prediction time, Michael, before and I'll let you chime in. Don't worry about it. You can include your comment, I'm sure. But what do you see here as Wales host Austria. It's tricky because neither side really is giving me any kind of confidence. But at the same yeah. time, when that happens, I usually go with the home advantage. So I'm going with Wales. By the way, a Welsh win is plus 170. A draw is 195 and plus 170 as well for an Austria win. So you could see already there that the bookies really are still not sure on that one. What do you see? I, I'm, I'm, I love the numbers. And I'm going to throw a Mars bars, deep fried, extra deep fried in there to go with that. I'm picking Wales because they're a team. They're playing at home. And this Austria team, look at their key players. Sabitzer is coming off the bench for Bayern Munich. He's no longer the main man as he was at RB Leipzig. And David Alaba, his golden years for this Austria team were played in midfield, at defensive midfield, not in the back. They're not the same team without him in the middle of the park. And when you get your best player back and your Wales, it galvanizes this team. It galvanizes the country. So Wales all the way. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Uh, I can see Wales winning it. I, I hope there'll be some goals in it. Uh, but I, I'd say that I fancy a, a narrow uh, Wales win. I just don't have any confidence in this Austria side under Franco Foda. In fact, I was surprised that he was kept on uh, after the Euros. And perhaps that's reflective of the fact there just aren't that many capable candidates to come in and replace him. Yep. And by the way, that plus 195 on the draw is after 90 minutes, of course, and then we see what happens after that. All right, let's keep going here. Sweden against Czech Republic. This is potentially a very tasty game. A few updates. Slatan Ibrahimovic is suspended for this uh, first game, of course, and he might not even be fit, to be honest with you. But, you know, I'm reading a lot about Sweden and we've seen it already that they don't really need to rely so much on Zlatan anymore. Alexander Isaac, of course, Elanga, I'm sure Michael wants to talk about in a second. Uh, Kulusevsky doing well with Tottenham, etc. So they have the tools. Uh, Patrick Sheik, by the way, he is out of this due to an injury as well. We know how well he's been doing. 20 Bundesliga games, 20 goals, three assists. He is out. This is a good one. 
Uh, and I, I'm still trying to figure out where to go. Michael, why don't you help us? Sweden against Czech Republic. Two things. Zlatan, distraction for Sweden. Yes, the, the glory of the so-called Swedish king coming back to the national team. That's for the newspapers. On the field, it's a new generation. Alexander Isak, he is the main man up top. He's had a very good season in La Liga. And Kulisevsky, who knew, so underappreciated Juve, definitely a golden item for Tottenham Hotspurs. And he's proving that, playing underneath Harry Kane. And he, he plays next to Isak for Sweden. The guy that is kind of hot and cold with Sweden, though, is Emil Forsberg. When he's good, Sweden, they're, they're not in this game. They're automatic qualifiers. But he's been inconsistent the last couple seasons, not just this season. And without Patrick Schick, sign Yeah, it's a big mountain. To climb. Uh, yeah. you just, you're not going to be as competitive. You know, they, they, they have players in the midfield. Suchek, he can get goals from midfield, but that's a big missing link in Patrick Schick. Yeah, I'm going to run with that idea, um, building on what you were saying about Zlatan, Mike. And I feel that it's now, when when Zlatan was brought back, Sweden were kind of looking at a bit of a crisis where these new stars, you know, they weren't as obvious uh, in terms of a fit for the national team. Kuliseski, like you said, wasn't really getting regular minutes at club level. Uh, so there was a feeling, I think, that Sweden couldn't really move on, uh, you know, from him. You know, they have this solid defense. That's never really been an issue. But sort of finding, uh, you know, that goal threat up top that Isaac is now providing, uh, you know, it, was, it would have been too much pressure too early for him at such a young age. So I think now Sweden are actually ready to, you know, to let go of Zlatan once and for all. And I think as well we're seeing... AC Milan at club level also sort of getting towards that point as well. For the Czech Republic, I feel that so much for them depends not only on Schick's form, but also uh, that Slavia Prague uh, contingent as well. And Czech Republic, they don't have that same level of quality coming through at youth level at the moment. They've got some interesting prospects, certainly Hlozek uh, at uh, Sparta Prague, but they don't have the same sort of level uh, and and a couple of very talented kids coming through like the, the Swedes do. So for me, I'd say that Sweden definitely have the advantage in this one. Michael, what are your predictions in this one? Because we also didn't mention as well, by the way, the defender uh, Vladimir Kufal from West Ham. He's not available as well. He's kind of a major talking point for the Czech Republic and the winner of this, by the way, face Poland. So it's not like the job gets any easier, but how do you see this one? At this stage in World Cup qualification, your key stakeholders on the field, your goal scorers have to be present. Patrick Schick not being there. That's, that's a ton of goals, not just at club level, but on the national team, Czech Republic, they get steamrolled. I, I say two zero, maybe even three zero against the Swedish team. Wow. Yeah, I'm going with a Sweden win as well. So we're all in agreement so far. This is great to see. All right. Well, we're going to take a break when we come back. Yes, you've been waiting for it. Or maybe not if you're Portuguese or Italian and you're just too nervous. <laughs> but uh, the next remaining matches as well, of course, as Portugal host Turkey and Italy against North Macedonia. And we'll have some final thoughts. From Michael LaHood, Jonathan Johnson, LME, our UEFA World Cup qualifiers preview. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Hey everybody, welcome back to Kigo Lasso as we preview the World Cup qualifiers in UEFA. Let's discuss now Portugal against Turkey. This is tasty with many multiple narratives, Jonathan Johnson. First of all, everybody should know this. Uh, Turkey, terrible at Europe, 100%. But they have a new manager in German, Stefan Kuntz, who, by the way, played for Besiktas and led the German under-21 team to three straight finals and won 2017 and 2021. So they've been doing well since September. This is not the Euros uh, Turkey that you think, Jonathan Johnson. And now they face a Portuguese side who, by the way, uh, Fernando Santos has said this is the most important game of his career. Let's talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like they've been going in different trajectories since the Euros, you know, Portugal, I was surprised that they stuck by uh, Santos for so long. I mean, especially after the failure to qualify uh, automatically and dropping into these playoffs. Uh, I'm sure that they won't hesitate to, to wield the axe if uh, you know they don't manage to make it through here. But Turkey as well, I mean, it's it's really interesting the choice to go for, for Kuntz as the new coach. I don't think he signed off in the way that he would have wanted with the national team, uh, given their disappointing Olympic campaign. But they weren't the only team to fall flat uh, in that competition. France obviously being a good example of that yeah. as well. So... I think for, for for me, this game is as simple as do, does Cristiano Ronaldo feel like putting the nation upon his shoulders once more? Because we've seen him do it so many times. Uh, and I think that he can paper over enough cracks to get them uh, to the World Cup, whether or not, uh, you know, they're going to be in a good enough position uh, and, and condition under Santos, uh, you know, to do anything at the World Cup. I very much doubt it. But, you know. They're, they're here in this in this form at the moment. And I think as well, uh, one thing I read in the build-up to this game is they're considering going with Danilo Pereira, uh, Pereira sorry, of PSG in defence. Uh, I've seen him play defence uh, a few times this season. And he's good as a makeshift option. But I think it's quite risky going into games as big as these are potentially, uh, you know, with somebody who's not uh, a natural defender in, uh, in that position. So... I think there's reasons for Portugal to be concerned ahead of this game, especially when you know how much individual talent Turkey boasts in that roster. I hear you when you say Cristiano has enough quality to put enough you know, ease some of the cracks, but that that might just be in his hair, his face, but not with this team, because <laughs> the the key cog for this Portuguese team is at the back, Pepe. Last seven matches, Pepe has missed. They've dropped points. In three of them, that tells yeah. you how important this guy is. And he's, he's out older. due to COVID. Yeah. yeah, he's getting older, but his importance is there. Out due to COVID, too many costly misses. Joao Cancelo, who's having an amazing season with Manchester City, suspended. Renato Sanchez, injury issues, out. Too many. Ruben Diaz too yeah. out to injury. Too many key pieces, and this Turkey team. This is a trap game for Portugal. Such a trap game when you have so many stars missing when you have labored into this position. They had the chance 
to seal the deal. And I think they took it for granted. There's a psychological issue, I think. They're so dependent on Cristiano Ronaldo. Some of the players, some of the, the supporting cast, they don't play like themselves as they do on the club level. And I, I like this Turkey team. They're, they're solid, and they can beat you in different ways. But for them, Burak Yilmaz is going to have to step up in the ways that he did for Lille last season. Yeah, and he can. He can do it. I think uh, I, I'm with JJ on the point that so many times, specifically a specific Euro Championship title, we have seen, uh, you know, all you need is that one moment from Cristiano Ronaldo to change it. But you're right, Michael. There are too many issues uh, from a starting lineup perspective for Portugal. I mean, Fernando Santos does clearly say, look, we've only lost one game in the last seven. So it's not like we're like awful. It's just that we're not overwhelming and we didn't take care of business against Serbia, this is tricky because I think Turkey comes into this, Jonathan Johnson, as complete underdogs. They have nothing to lose. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, there's the pressure because of the European town, but it's not as big as Portugal's pressure. Definitely at home. No, I agree with that. It's definitely not the same level of pressure. Uh, I think as well, a lot of people will have gone off of Turkey, uh, given what happened in the Euros last summer. Uh, plenty of people, myself included, <laughs> fancied them as dark horses and then they completely flopped. Me too. Uh, so, I get, I get, so I get. I guess my prediction is being based somewhat on that, given that you know, I've already I've already fancied them once and they they disappointed me. What I do think is that this has the potential to be a really tight game. Uh, you know, I don't think all of those absences change the fact that Portugal are still favourites. Uh, but, you know, I, it, it's difficult to find a more dangerous uh, underdog than Turkey. And perhaps the fact that they're no longer fancied by the neutrals in the way that they were going into the Euros, uh, you know, sort of takes a bit of the pressure off and will actually allow them to to, to create those kind of performances. I do um, see what you're saying with Burak Yilmaz and his importance. I just think that, you know, Lille, uh, you know, sort of depended on that sort of second season miracle. Again, they've really struggled this season. Luckily for them, they had Jonathan David there to sort of carry some of the load. Uh, I'm curious to see if Turkey have, uh, you know, somebody similar in their ranks to do that, because otherwise I don't see Burak Yomaz getting back to uh, anything like the level that we saw last season. But what I do like about this Turkish team is two players, Charanoglu is having a very good season with Inter, almost a rejuvenated season, moving two doors down to a new locker room at the San Siro. Just and, one door down, really. Yeah, <laughs> one, one and a half, just in yeah, case. Exactly. <laughs> but Chesi, or Chenzi Under, he is the player that, against the Netherlands, when they lost 6-1, which was, a, oof, that was hammer time, he was the lone goal scorer, and he's such a wild card. He's, he's in form a bit more with Marseille, getting more confidence in the Europa Conference League. And he. I just wonder, with Joao Cancelo being out, depending on what side they put Wunder, if he plays on that side, I think he could be the wild card that unlocks the game for Turkey. Yeah, I mean, listen, I just want to remind everybody, this is not going to be the Turkish side that you saw at Europe. It's not going to be a complete transformation, but definitely from a tactical perspective and the previous games that we have seen since then, by the way, since that massive loss uh, to Netherlands, they, they have gone it together. They drew against Norway. They beat Lavia. They be, I mean, obviously beating Gibraltar is not exactly or Montenegro, but they have shown a little bit of better uh, perspective. I go back to Fernando Santos's point. This is the most important game of his career, which sounds really amazing because, you know, in his eight years as manager, he's won the 2016 European Championship and reached the last 16 at the World Cup in 2018. But this is big and we could see 
Ronaldo not at the World Cup. So we'll see what happens here. But let's get those predictions. My friends, I'm going for a Turkish win. I'm telling you right now. JJ, thoughts? As much as I'd love to see that happen, because I do have a soft spot for this Turkish side, I think Portugal are going to grind it out to give us the showdown, the qualification showdown that everyone's craving this international break. All right, Michael. Oh, I, JJ, I love your optimism, and I believe that you are now a Manchester United fan because how much <laughs> praise you're giving this Portugal Cristiano He's team. a Villa but fan, you, my friend. He struggled know, too much. I know. I'm, trying, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to bring him over. I'm, I'm, used, I'm used to the inevitability of Manchester <laughs> United. Warm down by No, but, but I just can't. I just can't. I, it breaks my heart to say that. CR7, you know I love you, but not in Portuguese colors for this game because it's going to be a Turkish delight. Turkey are going to do the unthinkable knockout Cristiano in Portugal. Too many players missing and not enough Turkish players missing. And <laughs> Turkey, all they have to do is stop CR7 and I think Diego Jota, because those are the only two Portuguese players that seem to score goals for the national team. Joao Felix too, but yeah, yeah. Well, but that, yeah. that's another small caveat. Joao Felix is in form for Atletico Madrid. Mm. He's been a factor in the last seven games for Atletico, four goals, three assists, and he possibly could be coming off the bench. Mm. That tells you some of the issues with a CR7-centered Portuguese team right now. Yeah, and don't forget about your Bruno Fernandes. We will see how he can do and maybe uh, wake himself up a little bit with the national team. But we will see a very intriguing matchup. Let's end everything, everybody, talking of intriguing matchups. I know you think North Macedonia is whatever. I'm not so sure how easy this will be for Italy. I, you know, we'll do predictions in a second, but Italy now against North Macedonia. Everybody saw it because of their relationship that Roberto Mancini was going to pick Mario Balotelli. Um, but no, it's not so. He selected Cagliari striker Joao Pedro uh, for part of his offensive side for the Azzurri. And now it's Italy. Italy, the winners of Euro 2020 looking to make a stand. By the way, they missed out on the previous World Cup. So it's not completely... Uh, you know, crazy that Italy commits here. But Michael, let's start with you as Italy face North Macedonia. How do you see this one? I see this Italian team winning and really it's who's going to score the goals for them. We know they're going to dominate possession because North Macedonia, they sit back just as we've seen them do in major competition. And they're going to look to frustrate this Italian team. But the difference for Italy is going to come off set pieces. They can score goals in different ways. And in the European Championship, they relied quite a bit on set pieces. Mm. So I think that's going to be where they win the game. Yeah, I'm, uh, this one is a bit of a, a trap because we've seen when big teams have been vulnerable uh, against North Macedonia in the past. Uh, North Macedonia have actually been able to spring a surprise. Uh, we saw that with Germany uh, in the, the, qualification, the qualifiers for the Euros. Uh, I don't think that'll necessarily happen to Italy, but I don't think it'll be a comfortable match for them either. Uh, they, like PSG, uh, you know, quite often are dependent on Marco Verratti to sort of be that metronomic presence in the midfield to dictate the way they play. I know they had to deal without him uh, during the Euros, but Verratti's actually, aside from PSG's poor form and latest Champions League exit, he's actually on a good run. Uh, in terms of health at the moment, and I think he could be key uh, in uh, in these games. I think uh, leaving Balotelli out was ultimately the, the the right decision because I think once that story broke and the the attention that it got, that's all I it think would it, be. 
Yeah. I th- no, but I, th- I think it would have been a distraction as well having yeah. Balotelli yeah. there. And I think ultimately Mancini has, uh, you know, prioritized the, the collective. Uh, and that is a smart move because they're going to need that kind of siege mentality, not necessarily to get past North Macedonia, but for what I think will be the ultimate test, which will be them uh, against Portugal. And if that is the ultimate matchup, let's not forget that that will be uh, potentially, uh, you know, that was uh, slated for, for Porto, the, the game. Yeah, that's big. All right. Well, let's pretend. Uh, and by the way, everybody, um, regarding, uh, you know, the World Cup and everything, FIFA uh, is, is doing the World Cup draw based on seedings as well. So if Italy fail to qualify, Portugal becomes seeded. And if Portu- and if Portugal also don't qualify, then Denmark becomes seeded. So there's also a seeding situation as well. Let's pretend, Michael, for a second that we're wrong and Turkish- Turkey loses and it is Italy against Portugal. Who would you see winning? Well, that's not that that's one. not you guys being wrong. That's me being right. is correct and, and he's right. Mike. And it's Pat Italy JJ against Portugal. <laughs> who do you see? Who do you see uh, going through to the World Cup? Ah uh, man, I, I, you know, JJ, I couldn't hear you. I muted you in my head when you were talking about <laughs> Portugal winning. But since we're hypothetically. That's, that's what we normally do to Jimmy Conrad on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Since we're, we're talking hypothetical, I think this Portuguese team will end up beating Italy should they meet them because they'll be getting players back that are healthy. And I hope that time away from the national team, where as a player, oftentimes when you see your team succeed and you've had to watch, it gives you a fresh perspective to appreciate the fact that World Cup and qualifying for it is not a given. So I'd pick Portugal because of that. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, if it does happen, it's going to be such a, a massive showdown. There's going to be so many players that will be under pressure to bring their, their their big game mentality. And I guess, you know, Italy are probably the more vulnerable in that situation because both teams have sort of been in that scenario. Italy have failed to go to the big international tournaments, whereas Portugal have made it through. But Portugal really sort of sucking on the fumes uh, of the chemistry that carried them for like the last decade. I mean, yes, we know that they won uh, in 2016 in France in the Euros, but also at the same time, they were so unfancied in pretty much all of those games, even into the final uh, against France on home soil. You know, they the were worst World Cup, the, the worst Euro final I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, one hundred. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with it. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, it, it was it, for, for for me, I think that. So you're saying, JJ, oh, that Portugal not making it to the World Cup is would that be more of an upset than Italy not making it? I think because they're ch- they're defending champions of the Euros, uh, it would be a bigger upset for Italy not to make it through. But I think it's going to be huge either way, and I, I think it's yeah. definitely uh, you know the end of uh, an era for for Portugal if they don't make it. Well, yeah. But to be honest, we kind of know that it already is anyway. Yeah. Michael, what would be a bigger upset, do you think? You know, JJ, this is the part of the show where I feel like we're disagreeing and I want to keep it that way because (laughs) Portugal have the greatest goal scorer of all time in their ranks. It's it's written in the stars for him to potentially be his last chance at international glory. Italy have had their glory. It's not the same team. Chiesa has been a big miss for them through injury through this qualifying campaign. Portugal has all the stars, whether they're aging, young, or getting into their prime. When you have all those pieces in play, it would be devastation for Cristiano Ronaldo and the entire nation to miss out on this last chance hurrah and last chance saloon for him. 
So I'm taking okay. Portugal for the bigger disappointment. I would love it. I would. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final thoughts here uh, as we say goodbye. It could be anything from anything that we have discussed. Uh, Michael, uh, final thoughts, buddy. I'm, I want to give a shout out to – I was thinking of both of you when I highlighted this player in my notes. John McGinn. I want to give a shout out to him with so Scotland. John McGinn. Yeah, with Scotland in mind because whenever this World Cup qualifier gets played, he's been in fuego for the Scottish national team. And it's a bummer that because of what's happening in Ukraine, the game couldn't be played because I like what he does for this team. Four goals, one assist playing as an attacking midfielder. Stevie G, take notes. This could yeah. be what Keep your hands well. off him, Manchester United fans, by the way. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Come on, Johnny. Come JJ, over. final thoughts, buddy. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll build on that, I guess, because the other thing that worries me is, <clears throat> obviously, there's nothing they can do about the fact that the game's not going to go ahead, but the Scottish national team, since they qualified for the Euros last summer, they've been on such a high, uh, you know, it's been really great to see the, the developments of the chemistry, not just within the players, but also that fan base finally being able to get behind their national team back at big international tournaments. It would be such a shame for them if they don't make it if that if that qualifier uh you know does ultimately get played but also you know it would be such a shame for ukraine not to make it especially especially given the circumstances uh you know so we'll we'll lose one worthy team either way and obviously that game might still not go ahead we'll have to wait and see but i i really fear for scotland and in, in a similar way for italy as well because they've revived themselves on the international scene in the last couple of years and for them to miss out on these tournaments i mean uh, obviously there it, it would come at the expense of other big nations but uh, you know, these are two sides that have finally got themselves back into some some sort of groove. Uh, you know, I've got the fans, the the nation behind them once again after long periods of, uh, you know, sort of disinterest. Uh, so for me, I feel that, uh, you know, it would be a huge shame if Scotland and Italy don't make it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, all right, everybody. Well, that's the end of our preview for the UEFA playoffs. Thank you so much to both of you. Michael, thank you, buddy. Yeah, thank you very much. Always a pleasure to be on and cannot wait to see how these matches unfold. Absolutely. JJ, thank you, man. Likewise, really happy to be with you guys, as always. Uh, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, that's Michael LaHood, Jonathan Johnson, LME. This is Kego Lasso. You can watch us YouTube.com forward slash Kego Lasso, which includes this video. Previous videos we'll be doing also Conmebol qualifiers. I might need a drink for that one, as well as African qualifiers. Michael might need mm. a drink for that one. And so much more will come back as well after the international break. We got plenty to give you. Don't forget about in soccer. We trust that's where all the USMNT content is, of course, as they face a very tasty matchup against Mexico at the Azteca. This has been LME, Jonathan Johnson, Michael Lahoud, Kego Lasso. Have a great, great rest of your day. We'll see you next time. On May 23rd. I want to go back 
to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. Visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.